the Lord that you are the one that can bring new wine from us, from our lives, Lord. And we honor you this morning. I pray, Lord, that you will speak to us this morning, that it will not be mere words, that it will not be my words, that it will be your heart revealed to us this morning. Come speak to us, Lord. We want to hear, we want to learn from you. We want to be and live the life you've called us to live. We want to be like Jesus. So, Lord, come and renew our minds, heal our hearts, refresh our passion, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. It's really lekker om terug te wees. Um, just before I flew back from my kids um, after our holiday, I was sort of in two minds and I thought, yes, I want to go home. I'm excited to come home. This is my home. Um, but leaving them behind, I was sort of so bieke geskeer. Wil ek nou huis toe gaan of wil ek nou nie huis toe gaan nie? Ja, ek wil huis toe gaan. <laughs> so, um, I'm very fortunate they're coming to visit me again in December. So, December, sien ek hulle daarom weer. Twee kleinkinders. Um, ja, hulle was a blessing. Was a rechtige blessing gewees. But it's great to be back. Because God is here and he's, he's got something that he wants to do in us. He's got something that he wants to do for us, in us and through us. And um, all we need to do is just hear, just open our hearts to hear what he wants to say to us this morning. So our theme for this month, as you know, is parables bring revelation. All die storykies in die Bible wat ons gedink het net storykies is, kan ons eindelijk baie van leer. God wants to reveal his, his spiritual truths to us. He wants to reveal who he is to us. And he wants to reveal to us the life that he's called us to live. So, uh, soos wat ons hierdie stories lees, ontdek ons wie hy is. En ontdek ons hierdie geestelike waarhede in die Bible. So this morning I'm going to talk about the parable of the two sons in Matthew 21. And that's probably one of those that we don't often talk about because it's a few verses and what can you say about it? The one said yes and the other one said no and they changed their minds and, and sort of that thing. But, but I, as I read that during my quiet time, I really felt that God said, I want to, tell, I want to show you something. I want to share something with you that can change your life. So hier is ek, ek leer saam met julle verochend, kom ons hoor wat die Heere sê. Before I read this passage, I want us to look at the background of this. You know I'm very big on doing this in context. We can't just take one verse here and one verse there and make a new doctrine. It has to be in context. It has to be in context of the whole Bible, the whole chapter, the whole book. So I really want to encourage you once again please go and read the whole of Matthew 21. Um, during this week, go ask God, what do you want to say to me? What more is there that you want to teach me? 
So the context. This chapter starts when Jesus enters Jerusalem on the donkey. Everybody or many Israelites were very happy, very excited, because here comes their king, and he's going to change their lives. He's going to get rid of the Roman Empire, and he is going to bring them the peace. The Messiah is going to bring them the peace that the prophets spoke about. And that was their expectation. This wat hulle gegloe het, Jesus gaan kom doen. Op die donkie, hy is ons koning, hy gaan ons levens verander. En het was waar. They were quite right. Jesus was there to change their lives. But not in the way that they thought. You see, he came to save mankind, not just the Israelites. He came to introduce the kingdom of God to them, not build their kingdom on earth. So it was different. It was much higher than what they thought. And he was not going to do it through a sword, but through the cross. Isn't that exciting? To see that what God has in mind, or had in mind, and still has, is so much bigger than what they thought, and many times what we think on this earth. So, after that, in the following two days, after he entered Jerusalem, he cleanses the temple. You know that uh, story very well. He curses the fig tree. I'm not going to go into that. And visits the temple for a second time. But now, the church leaders and the church is very upset. And they come and they challenge Jesus' authority. Soos wat hy in die tempel inkom, sê hulle vir hom, wie denk jy is jy? Wie geef vir jou die autoriteit om te doen wat jy doen? Remember, signs and wonders followed him. But also to say what you say. So let's start there. Matthew 21 verse 23. Let's read together. Sikkel jylle bykie daar. It's fine. Okay, ek gaan anders rechts so. Dis okay. Ons het nie een slideshow vandag nie, ek sal stadig lees, en dan, um, daar is bykie hiekap daar achter. Matthew 21, 23, for those that take notes. Yes! Well done! Ek wil sommer net sê, dankie vir julle ons daar achter. Thank you. You guys are amazing. Without you, we can't do this. And when he entered the temple, verse 23, the chief priests and elders of the people came up to him as he was teaching and said, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you the authority? Who gave you the, this authority? So what they basically are saying is, who do you think you are? Hoe kan jy hier inkom en alles kom omkrap? They wanted him to defend himself and prove who he was. Show us, prove to us that you are who you say you are. 
because he looked differently, he acted differently. But instead of that, he asked them a question. And he said, gave them time and he said, what about this? After they discussed it, they decided they rather say to him they don't know. That's the safest option. Please go and read the chapter. The safest option for them was to say, we don't know. So they didn't want to take a responsibility for making a choice. The answer had two implications. The one was, if they said they believe in John and his message, the, bap- the baptism of John and his message, that you needed to repent for salvation and that it was through Christ, why didn't they follow that? So they didn't want to say yes. If they said no, they don't believe it or they don't know, what, give them, what gives them the right to challenge Jesus' authority on something that they didn't know anything about? As hulle gesê het, nee, of ek weet nie, wat gee hulle die reg om Jesus te challenge op sy autoriteit van iets wat hulle nie verstaan nie? So Jesus answered them. Of course he knew what they were thinking. He said, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. And that is verse 27. I'm not going to tell you because you're not going to understand. Then Jesus tells them a story, and this is the parable I'm getting to, explaining more what it means to follow God and to follow Jesus. And this is where we get to the parable. Matthew 21, 28, the parable of the two sons. Let's read that. What do you think? A man had two sons, and he was still speaking to them. And he went to the first son and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. But the son answered, I will not. But afterward he changed his mind, and he went. And he went to the other son and said the same. And he answered, I will go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? He asked them. So they said, the first. And Jesus said to them, truly, I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even when you saw it, you did not afterward change your minds and believe. So this is very clear, and it's a very short um, parable. Kort storykie van waar die pa die twee seens al twee vraag in die winger te gaan werk. Een sê nie, ek gaan nie. Hy verander sy gedachte en besluit om te gaan in die tweede een sê, Ja, 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 pa, ek sal gaan. Maar hy doen dit nooit. 
So let's look at the first son. He was honest. We can give him that. That's a very good thing to be honest, at least, not to lie. But by not obeying his father, not doing what his father asked, he was disobedient and he actually rebelled against his father's authority. He's yay. No. But then he changed his mind and he decided to obey. This speaks of repentance. The, the first son represents the people who were non believers in this passage and decided that they will repent. We repent of the way we think, of the way we do, because we see this as the truth and we will follow that. And that is why they will be part of the kingdom, Jesus explains. Because of the fact that they repented from their own ways. We were all the first son when we came to know Jesus. When we came to accept Jesus as our Savior. When we came and said, Lord, I can't do my life anymore. Forgive me of my sins. I am in control of my own life. But I need you to be in control of my life. Dacht ons ons levens vir Christus gegeet. Ek sê, Heer, ek wil u volg. Ek wil deelwees van u familie, deelwees van u koninkryk. Het ons repentance gehad. Kan nie gebeur sonder repentance nie. Sonder, wat is repentance in Afrikaans? Jylle weet, die wat Afrikaans. En hier Jesus says, they will enter the kingdom. But the second son, let's look at the second son. As parents, and we've seen a few mothers this morning, and I'm sure there are a few fathers here, you know what it's like if your child happily agrees to do something and doesn't do it. You see, it doesn't matter how many times your child agreeably say they will do something. He or she is only obedient if they do it. Maak jy saak hoeveel keer hy sê, ja pa, ja pa, ja pa, ek sal, ek sal, ek sal, beteken niks. Voordat hy dit nie actually gedoen het nie. Only then is he obedient. And today, we see in the world around us many children and young people who are disobedient to their parents. Who lacks respect for adult figures and authority in their lives. As jy net die woord authority noem, is het alle vloek woord deesdag, baie keer, in sekere areas. But the Bible is different. And submitting to God is essential. I'm going to say that again. Submitting to God and His will is essential. If we want to follow Jesus. Ons kan nie Jesus volg, 
as ons nie bereid is om onderdanig te wees aan God en sy woord nie. He is king of this kingdom that we part of. The kingdom we enter into when we were born again. I cannot accept Jesus as my savior and still do my own thing. I'm called into obedience through Christ. So here we also see that the New Testament religious leaders refused to recognize what God was doing. They they wanted to see what they were used to, the way they thought God was going to save them and God was going to work. They were hypocritical, self-righteous leaders and talked about serving God but lived in disobedience. And that is what the second son represents in this story. And here Jesus judges them because their faith and their works and their worship did not result in actual submission to God. That's why Jesus said, they will not see the kingdom. We cannot follow God if we don't submit under him. So, my next point is, Jesus wanted an answer from them. After telling them the story, Jesus asks those who challenged him, and he said, which of the two did what the father wanted? That's a very easy question. So makkelijk om dit te antwoord, ons kan allemaal sien die eerste sien, het gedoen wat die vader gesê het. But they didn't realize by answering that they actually condemned themselves. We're talking about the parable here. In verse 32, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. They were captured by the way they wanted things to go, and how they thought the Messiah should act. How does this apply to us? This was the parable. How does this apply to us? Remember I said the story isn't just there for us to know. Ons kan nie net storykies lees en dink, oh, dit is mooi nie. Daar moet een rede wees. Hoe kom God het in die Bijbel gesit? Daar moet iets wees wat ons uit dit kan leer. So vandag, kom die vijand ook na ons toe en hy sê, wie denk jy is jy? We also find the enemy comes to us in various forms, maybe in our minds, a thought. What do you think you are? You can't do that. You don't have the authority, etc., etc. Or is it just me? 
Anybody else? <laughs> we need to know and understand what the Bible says. We need to know and understand that it's not our authority. Hello? It's God's authority. It's not our authority. We are, if we are, when we are in Christ, seek his face and submit under him and his will, we are vessels of his authority. Ek gaan het weer sê. As ons in Christus is, as ons sy aangezig soek, en onderdanig is aan hom en sy wil, is ons instrumente in sy hand van sy autoriteit. It's God's authority. It's not you and I. We can't do anything without God. It's God living inside of us that makes us vessels of his authority. And we've got the responsibility to stay in close relationship with him so that we can be obedient and do what he wants us to do through this authority and with this authority. He chooses to work through us. And when it's God's authority in motion, nothing can stand against it. Hoor jylle vir my? Jylle moet nou skree, jy! When it's God's authority in motion, nothing can stand against it. So Jesus is also asking us today, what do you say? What's the application for us? Wat sê jy vandag? Gaan jy vir God ja of nie sê? Gaan jy nie sê en het doen? Of gaan jy ja sê en het nie doen nie? Yes or no to what he is doing and wants to do in and through you. That's the question we need to answer today for ourselves. Yes or no to what God wants to do in you and through you. Do we allow the Spirit of God to work in our hearts to reveal to us the truth? And will we repent to obey God's wishes in our lives? Or do we say, yes, Lord, I want to follow you, but our lives show something different. I've written down here, and I've actually put it in bold letters. This speaks to me as well. Do we have other idols or ideas in our lives that we cherish over obedience and submission? I'm going to read it again. Close your eyes and for a minute, just hear what God is saying. Do we have other idols or ideas in our lives that we cherish over or more than obedience 
and submission to God. Sure. You see, in this passage, Jesus condemns those who merely say, yes, but do not mean to do it. He's got no intention of being obedient. He's emphasizing the importance of faith and works. We can't just say we believe, but we don't allow God to change our lives. We can't just do good things and be a good person without having the faith and knowledge that it's through God and we can't do it in our own strength. The two goes hand in hand. And if we call ourselves believers, our actions must match our statements. We call ourselves believers, every one of us. Our actions must match our statement, what we say. We might have the best intentions with our promises and faith or faithfulness, but promised obedience isn't obedience. You see, sometimes we are so confident in our righteousness. And yes, we are righteous before God. But sometimes we get so comfortable in our righteousness that it becomes self-righteousness. We all must watch out for that trap. All of us. That our righteousness in God doesn't become self-righteousness. We can, you can go and read in Matthew 13, Hebrews 5. We are warned not to become dull of hearing and obeying. Go read those chapters. I'm going to repeat it. Matthew 13 and Hebrews 5. Like the fig tree in Matthew 21. We're still in the same chapter. It's possible to convince ourselves because we've got leaves, because it seems to be growing we seem, there seems to be growth that we're okay now. But Jesus is looking for fruit. John 15, Galatians, is looking for fruit. He says, if you're in the vine, you will produce fruit. The fruit in our lives ultimately proves whether or not we are obedient to God's message. And yes, I'm not saying we should be perfect. I'm saying we shouldn't stop at the place where we think, now I'm righteous and I've got it all. There should be a continuous growth and fruit should appear in our lives. A person's actions prove whether or not he's obedient to God. Relationships, how do we treat people, etc., etc. So this morning we can ask ourselves, do we have integrity? Is what we say and what we do the same? Or does it change according to the audience that we're with? 
Because that was the difference between the two sons. We're still at the parable. Not one of them did what they said. There was repentance with one. So do we do what we say? Have we got that integrity? And secondly, do we truly submit under God and obey him? Even though it may look different or even though we don't understand. Sometimes it's very scary. Sometimes God asks you to do things and you think, this is silly. This doesn't make sense. But what about? We still need to obey and do it the way God asks us to do it. But before we get depressed here this morning, the good thing is, goeie ding van veroogendse boodskap is, is nooit te laat nie. Die twee broers wees vir ons, dis nooit te laat nie. Vir al die eerste broer. It's never too late to repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I want you to work in my life the way I think you should work. Or I want you to do the things in my life the way I think you should do it. I'm actually in charge. You must just do it. That happens sometimes. It's never too late to give ourselves fully to God and follow through with the things that Jesus asks us to do. It's never, ever too late. That is what the first son did. He used the opportunity to repent and do it God's way, to obey his father. And that is what the two sons is all about for me. That's what I found as I read that in my quiet time and in my personal reading. I just realized, sure, these few verses, there's so much more than what we normally just read. The one said no, did it. The other one said yes, didn't do it. What is God actually saying to us? And it's all about submission, obedience, and really loving God bearing the fruit that he desires for us to bear so that the world may come to him. The fruit is for other people to come to Christ. Amen.